When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did not like that hit on Kyler Yamamoto and lands a clubbing right hand that fells Justin Hall. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Snatch and defeat from the jaws of victory. Labor Day heartbreak once again for your Edmonton Elks. For the most part, a uh, pretty good performance against the Calgary Stampeders, but they could not finish. And the Stamps with a huge rally in the fourth to get the victory. So, look, the, the two wins in a row gave fans some hope, especially when you consider that there are three other teams near the bottom of the standings with the Elks, and a win yesterday would have had the Elks in much better position to make a run at the playoffs. They still have a chance to do that, but uh, it's extremely unlikely, especially if they lose again on Saturday. The Liberty rematch, by the way, on 6.30, Chad, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off the game at 5 from Commonwealth Stadium. So now the Elks with two wins, Calgary has four, Hamilton has four, Ottawa has three. For the Elks to make the postseason, they have to finish ahead of all three of those teams. So it's going to be extremely difficult to do. If the Elks win on Saturday by five points or more, they would have the season series against Calgary on the points differential. So they have to win, and they got to win really by five or more after the four-point loss yesterday. Uh, Hamilton and Ottawa play each other on Friday, so somebody's going to win. I guess you hope Ottawa wins, so both to, both teams have four victories and the Elks would have three. I mean, look, we knew it was going to be tough. Uh, certainly a win yesterday, though, would have, would have changed the complexion of a lot. Um, but the Elks now at two and ten, seven games to go. I mean, let's face it, they pretty much got to win probably all seven to have a or pardon me they got uh, they got six games left they don't even have that many they probably got to win all six to get into the postseason so pretty unlikely given the schedule especially after playing uh, Calgary next and then Saskatchewan I think two games that are winnable for the Elks then it gets uh, a little tougher you got Winnipeg BC you got Montreal and Toronto so those are the teams occupying the top two spots in each division having said that uh, even a victory yesterday would have made it uh, you know the Elks chances would still be I, I would say unlikely but they would have been better than they are now anyway uh, certainly some exciting plays, but in the end, the Stamps rallied for the victory. Ford drops back. He's in some trouble. He'll roll to the right side. Oh keeps dropping back. He's got a long way to go to get this yardage back. He gets back to his 30, the 45. He's got the yardage back. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. He slides to the 32-yard line. He just ran 100 yards on that play, it seemed, and takes it to the Calgary 32-yard line. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League 
league right now. Moore and Dunbar to the right side. Lewis to the left side. Extra muscle on the line, and the ball's going to stay in four hands to the end zone. Dunbar's got a pair, and the Elks increase their lead. Second and nine. There. Drops back and throws, and it's complete inside the five-yard line. Marquis Ambles again, and all of a sudden... Boy, this is this game has turned horribly wrong yes, for the Edmonton has. Elks. Has it ever, Morley? Just not making plays on defense anymore. There's the handoff, second opportunity, and into the end zone. Touchdown. Stampeders will take the lead on a touchdown run by Deidre Mills. All right, so that was the call, Morley. Scott, Dave Campbell, yesterday on 6.30, Chad, as a 22-point fourth quarter for the Calgary Stampeders. Give them the victory on Labor Day, which has become quite common over the last almost 20 years. The Stampeders have won 14 of the last 17 Labor Day games. They now lead the all-time series, 31 wins, 30 for Edmonton, one tie. How about this? The last time the Stampeders led the series on Labor Day was 1949 when they led it one nothing. They won the very first Labor Day game. That was the last time before today the Stampeders had more wins on Labor Day. Edmonton won the next seven Labor Days after Calgary took the first one and they had never relinquished the lead uh, until now, Calgary with wins in 14 of the last 17. Um, it, it, that was obviously a tough loss. I, I mean, you got you got the lead. You should be able to put it away. They were a couple of plays away from putting it away or at least making it much more difficult on Calgary at the end of the game. Some penalties were costly. Uh, there was a play just after the three-minute warning. Kevin Brown didn't get out of bounds. You know, they could have wound some more, another 20 seconds off the clock there. Weren't able to move the ball after Calgary got within three. Had to punt it right back to them. And it just looked to me like a team that just still doesn't know how to finish games. Because I, I know the CFL has this slogan, no lead is safe. And you do see amazing comebacks and amazing plays you know, usually it's not a, a lead of the of the, the of how much Edmonton had. I mean, usually it might be a seven-point game or games that go back and forth. That was a lead they should have been able to nurse to the finish line. They kind of did that last week against Ottawa. Uh, they did it a couple weeks ago against Hamilton, who. I mean, I know Hamilton has more wins than Ottawa and Edmonton. I think Hamilton might actually be the worst team in the league if I had to do power rankings. I guess we'll see how they do against Ottawa on Friday. I think Calgary is an okay team. I mean, they're 4-8, but they can throw the ball. And Jeff Mayer got hot, and I think the Elks got too passive on defense. They were dropping nine guys, and they were still getting picked apart. So that leads me to think they're thinking like, okay, well, he can catch it, and we'll run up and make the tackle. Well, you still got to try to make a play on the ball. Now, I know that can be difficult with the pass interference rules on the CFL. So the Elks did a lot of good things, and things are different than when they were 0-8. The problem is it's now at the two-point, uh, the two-thirds point of the season when we finally sense what we wanted to sense right out of the gate. You know, I, I said to somebody this morning, if, you, if you, you just woke me up for the last four Elks games and didn't tell me what happened in the first eight 
and then said, okay, Reed, how many of those first eight games do you think they won? I would have said, probably two or three like we probably got us a below average team here that's that's four and eight or five and seven after 12 games but they were just so incompetent especially on offense through those first eight games that has them playing catch up in the standings they scored 31 points uh they scored 30 they got 29 against winnipeg really 22 one was a defensive touchdown 24 uh against ottawa so a team that got shut out twice and struggled to even get across midfield is now putting up points now has a quarterback who is exciting far from perfect but exciting and as we saw yesterday can make something happen out of nothing now i think there are valid questions to ask can he play consistently well within a structure? Can he adapt to what defenses are going to try to do to him? Those are relevant questions and ones I'm happy to see answered over the final third of the season. Um, but you can't doubt that now you have a quarterback with some confidence and a player who can, as in that play you heard Morley describe, who every once in a while might be able to be 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage and still get a 40-yard gain. Now, I know you don't want that to happen all the time. Certainly issues with the passing game yesterday as they only as Ford only threw for 137 yards. They had 156 total when you factor in the Kyron Moore trick play touchdown. So, yes, e- even though that was a game with some issues on offense, they still got to 31 points. It used to be... Even five or six weeks ago, if there were issues on offense, it was probably going to be a shutout or certainly under 14 points. So there are signs of improvement, but they couldn't put the game away. Uh, Calgary was able to adapt and execute better. And even though Calgary took some foolish penalties in that game, ultimately the flags hurt the Elks as it went along through the fourth quarter. Happy to hear from you this evening. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. 780-496-0063. This is, uh, of course, a, a slight change for Inside Sports. The show now starts at 7 instead of six so it's seven to eight o'clock weeknights though there's an exception to that this evening the elks this week usually monday at 7 30 because of the game yesterday is tuesday at 7 30 so uh, i'll hand it over to morley scott at the bottom of the hour i know we got uh, a couple of your messages coming in i want to get those on we'll do a crossover with morley as well it's inside sports on chad another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, uh, good to have you tuning in tonight, 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have, buddy? Oh, lots of uh, feedback from last night's football game here. Uh, we'll go to the text line and check out what Farmer Ed has to say tonight. He says, Hi, Reed. Listen to the game yesterday in the Swaffer. The old pink skin was traveling around the field a lot. Too bad the Elks couldn't quite finish the game. Speaking of pig skins, I almost choked on my Cadad sandwich oh. when Calgary won. Thank God my wife is a nurse. Thanks, Farmer All right. Ed. Wow, a lot of layers to that text, Farmer Ed. Glad you're okay. Uh, good pigskin references. I, I mean, I, I look. I think I've been pretty 
critical of the Elks most of the season. I, I said from day one, I did not expect this to be a Grey Cup year. So them being two and two in their last four games, I'm not going to throw them under the swather, so to speak. Uh, and they did score 31 points after being one of the most incompetent offenses I've ever seen for eight games. So I, I, I do want to put forward the positive, but I get the sting of losing to Calgary in that fashion for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laserface Larry texts in and says, two wins and everyone was acting like Trey Ford was the second coming of Warren Moon. He was completely exposed as mediocre by the Stamps on Monday. Elks will still be lo- looking for a starter in the offseason, and that's from Laserface Larry. Who is once again guilty of hyperbole. No one was comparing Trey Ford to Warren Moon. I, I'm not going to fault anybody for being excited about Trey Ford, nor continuing to be excited about Trey Ford. Hopefully, this is just part of the evolution of Trey Ford as as a starter. I, I mean, the ultimate best-case scenario is three or four years from now, he plays on Labor Day and has a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter and efficiently leads uh, you know, a couple scoring drives to put the game away, which they weren't quite able to do yesterday. Uh, I, I mean, he's ba- I know he played a little bit last year. He's basically a rookie quarterback. This is basically the first time as a pro he's gone week to week knowing that he's the starter. This is basically the first time as a pro that other teams are building an excess, uh, uh, you know, an extensive database of film on him. And teams are going to adjust and try to do things to throw him off his game. I thought Calgary did that fairly well yesterday. You got to give them credit. I, I now think we're in a phase with Trey Ford in which it's as m- more of a test of his mental acumen than his physical ability. He clearly has the physical tools especially the scrambling and and the running. Will he be able to adapt, especially on the fly, when defenses do something to him that he has not seen in a game before? I, I think that's now really how we evaluate him. I mean, of course, wins and losses, but his personal performance, can he adapt? Can he figure things out? Can he keep getting the ball to his receivers? preferably downfield. I mean, they weren't able to get a deep shot yesterday. The longest was 17. So, laser face, Larry, I'm I'm sure you're frustrated. Uh, I don't think anybody's comparing Trey Ford to to Warren Moon. Let's see how he continues to develop. Mm -hmm. Love this handle from this texter that texted in. Not that Nuge texts in and says, in the fourth quarter, penalties, 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 dot, dot, dot. Yeah, too many penalties, uh, you know, for the most part in that game. Calgary was hurt more by penalties, but then the Elks got two pass interference penalties and a hold. Um, I I know there's some debate that uh, I didn't get a good look at the hold. I mean, some people say you could all call holding on every play. That was costly. I mean, if the Elks score a touchdown on that drive, they probably win the game. Uh, the two PI calls, and this is something I've complained about, not just for things I've seen at Elks games, but around the league in the last couple of years. I think it's very hard to be a defensive back in the CFL. Uh, I printed up the pass interference rule off the, the you can get the CFL rule book online. You can get any you can get anything online these days, even lasagna recipes. And here's the key thing: if opposing players are looking for the ball or if neither player is looking for the ball and there is incidental contact in moving to the ball, there is no interference. So basically what that means is if the defensive back doesn't turn his head to the ball and makes contact, he's going to get flagged. My frustration is, you know, I thought the one in the end zone on on uh, McLaurin, 
that's the one that I it wasn't flagged and it was overturned on the challenge and that's the one it, it was a sloppy throw the Calgary receiver had to adjust to get to try to catch a badly thrown ball McLaurin is shadowing him very closely and in with the Calgary receiver stopping you know there's contact and and then they both kind of reach for the ball I suppose maybe McLaurin didn't turn his head soon enough. But I also think sometimes we see the offensive team rewarded for a, a, a bad pass. Maybe not an uncatchable ball, but a bad pass. Now, the offensive people who want the calls would say, defensive player has to be aware where the ball is. You can't give him the benefit of position if he doesn't know if the ball is coming. Give me one more, Kellen. Yes, Stephen texts in and says, Love Ford's ability to keep plays alive. He's raw, but a lot of signs of hope after the miserable offense we had for the first eight games. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's a key point for sure. At least, like, they are scoring. You're not sitting there seeing them fall behind 7 nothing and think, well, the game's over. They're never going to score. I, I mean, they, 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 they do score. And, and yesterday, as we bring in Morley Scott, um, you know, it's, it's funny how things change. Morley. They, they got to 31 points, uh, and they rushed for, what was the total rushing? 239 yards. And now we're sitting here saying, yeah, I wish they could have moved the ball just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better. But I, I'd, sooner be having, I'd sooner be having these types of discussions uh, than discussions about shutouts. Well, but just a, it, a horrific It's clearly end. better to talk about moving the ball more than moving the ball, period, right? Right. And that's what was happening through the first eight games or so. Um, but, yeah, uh, and you were talking about the offensive numbers. I mean, they were averaging, I believe it was like 17 a game uh, for the uh, for the first eight games. And uh, in the last four, they're up close to 30 points a game now. So that shows that's a pretty big impact right there on uh, change in play calling style, change in quarterback, change in attitude, uh, just doing things a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and again, like I was saying, we we got to see Ford grow. We we. I mean, look, the mm-hmm. playoffs, even even a win yesterday, they're probably below 50% to make the playoffs. It's probably below 10 now. I, I, don't want, I don't want to dwell on the officiating because that is not why they lost the game. Having said that, my, the, my pass interference uh, rant has been <laughs> steady regardless of a, an Elks game or not. How, yes, I've heard it. Yes, you've heard it. So is it – am I – giving the defensive backs too much leeway or or do you think it's hard to play defense the way they call it what do you think it's hard to play defense uh, for many reasons as a defensive back uh, the waggle for one thing um, the head start that uh, that three of the receivers get is very tough for the for the DBs to deal with and then just the inconsistency of the call something we'll see allowed and then called called then allowed from not only from game to game but from quarter to quarter it changes and I think that's the most frustrating part for everybody who watches the game on a regular basis is just there's just no consistency from the Canadian uh, Football League officials as to what pass interference is and I, I it was Mike O'Shea the other day who said he doesn't know what it is and he said and I'm on the rules committee right. so <laughs> what does that tell you right there uh, Morley's appearance here presented by Cougar Paint Collision our family helping your family for 40 years what do you have coming up uh, well, we're going to chat with Dave. We're going to look back at the game. I'm going to dissect the run a little bit that uh, that Trey Ford had in the third quarter. And I'll tell you what, uh, uh, if that game had been won by the Elks, that run would be absolutely legendary. But because they lost, it's just a really good play. Morley, we'll see you later, man. Have a good show. Okay, talk to you, Rito.